What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Doing so helps grow our podcast, and we appreciate the help from our listeners. We'd also like to take the time to thank our members. Uh, without these great, valuable members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at YCDC. So we'd like to thank our members, such as Cornerstone Bank, Central Valley Ag, uh, Mead Lumber Company, York State Bank, uh, and Black Hills Energy, uh, all great companies that uh, help us do what we do here at uh, York County Development. And so if you're interested in learning more about our members or learning how to become a member, you can find that information at our member directory page at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. So we'll jump into our interview. Today I'm joined by a York County native. This person grew up in rural Waco and is a graduate of Centennial Public Schools. He met his wife while working part-time at Hunter's Lounge there in Waco. Uh, he currently uh, works with Senator Kurt Friesen and is also a current York County Commissioner. So we'll welcome Kurt Bolger into the show. Welcome. Right, Derek. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll jump right in. Uh, first thing I have here is kind of a, a what's new segment. Uh, it's just talking about um, new things going on, whether it's in our personal lives or an office policy or something, new program, new service, uh, anything new that's going on out there. And so I'll go first with talking. I was down in McCool Junction yesterday and I learned that uh, here in the next, uh, I believe, yeah, in, in year 2022, they're going to have uh, upwards of 21 lots available for sale down in McCool wow. Junction. And so that's really exciting. Um, they just recently closed out on one of their, or not recently, within during year two, 2021, they closed out on uh, their last lot of a, a newer subdivision that had 12 to 14 lots in it. And so I'm very excited to hear that uh, McCool Junction, the village of McCool Junction's wanting to do more to grow their grow their community. And so what's something new kind of on your end, uh, Kurt? Well, you know, that's, you know, applaud them for doing that in the 12 plus years I've been on the county board, McCool Junction's been one of those that have been just currently just always active, trying to grow their mm -hmm. community, doing whatever they need to do to make sure they're staying vibrant and alive. So, mm -hmm. and I think that's caught on with a lot of communities mm -hmm. um, in our county. I know in, in Gresham, in my commissioner district, uh, they're really hitting. Yeah, I just met with your clerk there. Yeah, uh, a while back, yeah, the clerk up there. And yeah, she's very uh, excited. And then there's a gentleman that's. Uh, very passionate in the community about wanting to grow it, and so yeah, that's very exciting right. to have here in that area. Yep, cleaning up parks and cleaning up properties, exactly, and making the yep. town attractive to people to come in and. Yep, that's what we want. Yeah, establish roots. Exactly, so. definitely, definitely. So, so what's going on uh, new in uh, new in your world? Well, uh, the legislature. I work at the legislature. Been doing that for twenty some plus years now. Mm -hmm. um, they just convened last week, and it's a sixty day session, so it's uh, the short session. And right now they're in the process of bill introduction and they're also debating bills that were carried over from last year. So one bill they're talking about actually today as we speak is LB 310, which is the inheritance tax bill, Okay. Um, which the inheritance tax that's collected by at the county level and that's remitted to counties across the state, um, York County. And traditionally, we've not really funded our operations off of that. We usually use that for special projects, uh, the addition to the courthouse, for mm -hmm. example, with the communication center yeah that was all funded with inheritance tax money not a single uh, penny of property tax was used to fund that 
Um, there's other our dues to like YCDC, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Southeast Nebraska Development District, uh, probation. Um, we fund a lot of our stuff out of the inheritance fund. So it's a it's a it's kind of a one time tax. It's a lot of people. I've as a county board member never heard anyone complain about their inheritance tax, but. Somebody's complaining about yeah, it. Don't I'm sure know there's who someone it is. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. Well, definitely. Uh, so we'll jump in talking about the interview here a little bit. So tell me what it was like growing up in rural Waco. You know what? You know what did your parents do? Did you have siblings? You know what kind of activities sure. were you up to? Sure. Yeah, tell I'm me the, about that. Sure. Yeah, I'm the youngest of five, and uh, I have a twin brother, so he's uh, 30 seconds older than me, <laughs> roughly. So, um, so yeah, we were the youngest ones out there. Uh, Dad, he farmed and worked part-time in uh, Lincoln and York. And Mom, she stayed home with us until we started school. And then she uh, worked for an attorney in Milford for a lot of years when I was growing up. But it was just, you know, typical life out on the farm. Uh, growing up, went to Waco, played t-ball and baseball. Um, you know, there's always the chores to do. There's always hogs to feed. And, mm-hmm. um, so you stayed pretty busy with, like, you know, did you do any 4-H or anything like that? You know, that? we didn't do 4-H. That's something our daughter, she's been really interested in doing. Not necessarily the animal side of it, mm-hmm. but just other the other things they offer mm-hmm. there. Textiles and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, yep. Mm-hmm. Sewing and all that kind of stuff. She really gets a thrill out of that. So, um, yeah, 4-H stuff, we really didn't do much of that growing up. But, <laughs> but uh, there's always stuff to do. You know, you wander around. There's pasture to pasture just go explore what was, uh, what was out there and get to help move cattle around and my grandpa and he was they retired to Waco when um oh in the early 80s and then we moved over to the house that I live in now actually so he'd come out out every day too and you know just kind of tinker around the farm there so got to grow up with him around there too which is not a lot of people get that experience anymore so, so pretty hands-on then you know tinkering you know working with farm oh, equipment and stuff like that yeah. yeah my grandpa would be out there doing that kind of stuff so yeah it was, it was you take you don't you don't appreciate those things until they're not around anymore so exactly yep no unfortunately yeah that's sometimes the way it can be mm-hmm. um so you did you do sports growing up or anything like that yeah um, played baseball at waco there when i was a kid um I don't know if there's enough kids in the rural parts of the county anymore to make a whole baseball team at Waco, but um, did that uh, in high school, played football, a little bit of basketball. I'm not the most athletic person by any means. Stayed involved. Stayed involved. Was doing, yeah. Did chorus and one act and stuff in high school at Centennial there. So... Definitely. Yeah. Um, so what were your plans uh, for after high school? Did you know you wanted to you know, go to university or college, or did you know you wanted to go into work, or what was your kind of plan? Yeah, when thinking back about it, I didn't really have any intention staying in York County or mm-hmm. didn't really think about it too much. Just thought I'd go to school and... Like probably, most kids growing up here, we had no intention of ever coming back. Exactly. You'd probably just end up in Lincoln because that's right. what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, did a year at the university and then uh, finished out at Southeast Community College there in Lincoln and just, you know, kind of came back home here because it just kind of just liked being back here. So never really left. So you graduated in 98 um, and then you were legislative aide in 1999 right? nope I was no. legislative page in page. 1999 so yeah. how did you how was that connection or how did where was that bridge or um, how did you find your way there there was I think an ad in the paper okay uh, senator our, our state senator senator at the time was Elaine Stewart mm-hmm. oh and, yes yeah. um, there was an ad in the paper that they were accepting applications so I thought oh that'd be fun to do so 
Did you have any inkling of wanting to do government or anything? Oh, I was kind of in high school. I was kind of interested in government stuff. Went on a trip. It's called Close Up. Went on a trip to Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. That'd be a great experience. It was for about a week, I think. And Mm -hmm. did sightseeing. You learned about federal government. Of course, at that age, all you cared about was sightseeing and stuff (laughs) like that. So The president um, lives there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, that maybe I had some sort of civic interest back then. Um, Didn't think it put me where I am today by any means. Didn't picture myself on the county board or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, the... Legislative page deal was just kind of thought oh, I'll just try it, and so made an application and got hired and worked a ninety day session down there. So were you doing school and the page at the same time then? Yeah, that's how the page program works. At the okay. legislature is they uh, it's college students. It's a it's it's a paid program. Okay, so, so it's an I wouldn't even call internship like but wouldn't not even call it an internship because they're it's they're, real work. It's yeah. real work. Yeah. yeah, you submit an application, you're hired, you put in the hours. Um, and it ranges from it's just you know, turn running the microphones for in the legislative chamber to bringing somebody a cup of coffee or, uh, I think one time I had to go out to someone's car and get their tobacco pipe for them. Just making sure um, the person can do their job, <laughs> they, you know, so they can was... be in the legislature doing what they need to do. So it's it's beneficial and it's good experience because you do learn about the legislative process and mm-hmm. how things work to a certain extent. So. so then after you graduated and you finished as a page, what was kind of your your next direction from there? That was when you decided to come back to York County then? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, moved into a house just a half a mile north of where I live now. Uh, my place my grandmother owned there, rented that from her. Uh, it was an old farmhouse built in 1905 that hadn't had much work done on it over the course of its decades of life. Um, so I lived there, commuted to Lincoln every day worked for a guy his name was chuck hubka coordinator of legislative services um so you were driving back and forth then mm-hmm. you know yeah, from we 2000 were, to whenever yeah yeah to, to this day here okay yeah. so I, after i was done being a page i started working for him uh doing anything from moving senators offices from one room to another to hang in their pictures to making sure committee hearings were set up and ready to go um and then at that time i also started working part-time at hunter's lounge there in uh Waco, uh, running the keto machine or just nights and weekends type deal. Pretty much, yep. Just nights and weekends, waiting tables. It's a good gig, though. I mean, you know, you get to meet people, and I mean, I'm sure you got some, you know, discounts on food and things like that, <laughs> which you probably appreciated. You know, oh, I yeah. don't, I don't think, I don't know what they get paid in that position, but I can't imagine it's you know high dollars. So, right. Anytime yeah. you're, yeah, you're young and out of school, any yeah, any discount you can get on a on a meal is appreciated. So. So, and you got to meet people from all over yes. North County working mm-hmm. there. It wasn't just folks from Waco that went there. It was from all over the yeah, place. Yeah, you're getting a lot of people. And outside the county, there. too. So right. it, was, it was a neat experience working there. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely one of those destination mm-hmm. spots, I, I think, in our area. Right. And it gives you appreciation for the service industry and what they do, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I think everyone should have to work in the service exactly. industry at least one point in time to <laughs> I agree with just you. get that exposure. So you were working at Hunter's Lounge, um, and then that's where you kind of met your wife. So tell me a little bit about you know meeting your wife and then uh, your family and everything like that. Yeah. Um, her dad would come back and help his dad farm on in the spring and the fall. He lived out in Denver. His, his dad lived uh, east of York here few miles farmed out there and so she'd come out from Lincoln she was living in Lincoln at the time she graduated from a high school in Denver in 98 and then decided she wanted to go to school in Lincoln at the university and so she went there and graduated and she was 
had her career going there in Lincoln, and she'd come out and meet her dad and grandpa for for dinner, you know, for, I don't know, once or twice a week, maybe, sometimes. Um, I like to say I was playing hard to get, but I think it was probably more of a, I was just really oblivious to any... Uh, <laughs> um, any advances or anything? Yeah, any, any indicators she was putting out there. So it took a couple of years, but then we finally exchanged numbers and made some phone calls, and that was that. So that's exciting. That's a, a fun little place, you know, fun little memory. Yeah. Especially you know, you know, being you know living so close to Waco, kind of getting to go go back to where you guys first met and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have kids. What what kind of activities do you stay busy with with them? And um, what are their ages and you know everything like that? Yeah, well, our daughter Molly, she is ten, will be eleven next month. She's a fifth grader at Centennial. Um, she's involved in all the things fifth graders are involved in, all those youth sports, and she's a, one of the student managers for the basketball team there too this winter. So that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, keeps her busy doing that. Mm-hmm. She's involved in band, so we got to enjoy a fifth grade band concert this year at the Christmas program. So. Um, so yeah, she enjoys doing that stuff. She's really creative and just into arts and crafts and just always thinking. So always creating different things. So is that but, left brain? Yeah, very very left brain. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> the one that's creative. That's the one she's on. Yeah, yeah. And then our boys, uh, Owen's four and Emmett, he'll be three in March. Um, Sixteen months apart to the day, and Owen goes to preschool at Centennial, and. Uh, and it's just waiting for his turn to go. So. <laughs> he can't wait, I'm nope. sure. Older brothers, you know, doing all this yeah. stuff. And he's probably envious, yeah. Um, without a doubt, without a doubt. And so how did you end up getting connected uh, within to your current role now with Kurt? Um, where was that? I know um, Kurt got elected in 2014. 14, 14? Started in 15, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, what was that kind of connection you know, with you know, starting with him. Sure, I met him actually back in 2006 when Senator Stewart was termed limited and couldn't run again. There was an open seat, and uh, in the general election that year, it was uh, former Senator Greg Adams, mm-hmm. former mayor at that time. I yep. guess he's the yep. mayor at that time, and uh, Kurt Friesen both ran for that seat. Uh, Adams uh, won that seat, obviously, but I was knocking on doors for Friesen then. We went all over the place, Milford, Osceola, Seward, you name it, just knocking on doors and all over the district. Yeah, yeah. just trying to get them elected. So it was close, but not enough. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, things happen for a reason, and it probably worked out better for him to serve long term now. Yeah, yeah long term now because he because he, he was, did a mayor term, didn't he? He was mayor in Henderson for a while, and because of him not being su- successful in two thousand six, he was then able to bring a daughter and son in law home who are now helping out with his farming operation while Which he's been in the legislature. Success, it, yeah. it worked out better, honestly, this mm-hmm. way than it would have probably, been, you know, had he won in 2006. So, so yeah. So, yeah, that's how I got, just kind of, always kind of kept touch with him over the years. And then when he was elected there in um, 14, I gave him a call and the day after the election said, do you need staff? And he said, yep. So <laughs> that was that. Here we go. Yep. So uh, what do you do in your current role that, or I guess, you know, tell me a little bit about you know what your day to day look like you know in your mm-hmm. in your current position. Sure, um, work a lot with constituents when they call. Um, just what agency do they need to work with to get their answer taken care of? Unfortunately, you can't always help everybody. There's just right. some things mm-hmm. out of your control. But it's you know it, every, the more local the government is, the more uh, gratification I think there is because you can see you're actually making a difference and actually helping people. So work with constituents, uh, 
all of his amendments or bills that he files or writes. Um, usually I shoot those upstairs to bill drafters, um, get all that kind of document stuff prepared for his committee hearings, for his floor presentations when he's introducing bills on the floor. Uh, I work on his calendar, set up meetings with uh, different constituent groups or advocacy groups. Uh, work on, I don't think, I don't know if he has any town halls scheduled this year, but that was another thing we do, kind of work with local entities to get town halls scheduled and so he can meet with Go constituents. And, yeah. So share what he's you know working on. Right. So what are some big kind of, I don't want to say big, but what are some plans I guess for that Senator Friesen has, you know, in 2022 as far as, you know, bills he plans to support or anything that, you know, he wants to kind of move. I know he's on um, the telecommunic telecommunications committee. Mm -hmm. He's chair of that committee. Chair of that committee. And mm -hmm. so what are kind of some things that they're doing through, through that work? Yeah. Well, gosh, broadband is always a big mm -hmm. issue wherever you go. Um, there's the, there will be some bills brought for that, and I'm guessing that the billion dollars in ARPA funds that the state needs to decide what they're going to do with, I'm guessing there might be some of that, some legislation introduced to help shepherd some of that through there. Uh, Transportation-wise, uh, there's you know it's kind of been quiet We're now, especially with that South Beltway project. That was kind of a big thing they worked on the mm -hmm. last couple of years there around Lincoln. I think uh, finishing the expressway system in the state is kind of the next step. After that, I did see the state plans to seven mile extend the interstate or widen the interstate and make it three lanes, you know, from Lincoln to Beaver Crossing. I, uh, I think it was Pleasantdale. Pleasantdale, yeah, yeah. which okay. be, yeah, which driving that stretch of road oh. every day that would help out a lot. It would be, <laughs> it is it's very congested. Yeah, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have three lanes from Grand Island to to because about Seward. It gets so busy between Seward and Lincoln there oh, on the interstate. Yeah. On so. Friday nights on my way home, I don't even bother setting the cruise control until I get to about Goner or Beaver Crossing coming yeah. home. So. Yeah, it can be. I'm more of a 34 person. I take right. Highway 34 <laughs> if I absolutely need to. So I, I totally get that. Um, and so how did you work your way or find your way with county commissioner? You know, was there an opening or did, was there just, you know, a chance that you wanted to run or how did you find your way? Um, into that arena. Sure. I used to work for a senator. Uh, his name was Arnie Stuthman. He represented Platte County and a little bit north of uh, Colfax County, District 22. And before he was a uh, state legislator, he was on the county board up there. They have a county board of supervisors. So just working for him, I got to know county government. Um, a lot of his connections, they'd come up there to Lincoln and we can just hang out, visit with them, kind of learn what county government does. And I thought, well, that kind of sounded pretty interesting. And so there was a uh, election that had been in 2008 and there's a bunch of people filing there was some discontent in, the, in our district about some about some issues i can't remember what the issues were i think there might have been some veteran service officer issues or um roads are always an issue and so yeah roads are always yeah, yeah so a bunch of people were throwing their hat in the ring so i thought oh, i'd just do it as well so so it was a pretty big group then i guess running for do you remember or recall there was Five of us in the primary, I believe, and then... And no incumbent? It was all... There was an incumbent, There was an too, incumbent? Yeah. Okay. 16-year incumbent. So, so, wow. And then there was uh, four other of us in the primary, and then there was one other person in the general, because uh, of their partisan races yet, at the county mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. So, And so, you found your way... So, that was, what, it's been 12 years? That was in 2008, that election. So, yeah, 2008. Mm -hmm. And so, it's probably a little bit of a learning curve, you know, learning, you know, what... You know the position does so how has you know you've gotten how have you gotten more accustomed to the position and what kind of have you seen change over those well you certainly know that 
you need to go talk to people before you <laughs> start, you know, making decisions. Start yeah. making decisions or just get the facts before you, you know, start making any final decisions about anything. Um, work with everybody. Uh, the county's changed a little bit um, as far as, you know, valuations have skyrocketed in 12 years. So that's kind of, you know, farming has kind of changed in that respect. Um, you're not, the people are still the same. I'd say, you know, it's just a different mindset in rural Nebraska than urban Nebraska. Uh, just there's not a whole lot of just things don't change too much around here. Good or bad or indifferent, you mm -hmm. know, it just kind of really doesn't. So um, it's it's honestly it's been representing the people. The second district's been really great. Um, and we're much more okay with the slow change as opposed to like exactly. I feel like yeah. you know, when you're in these larger communities, it's more of an you have to see that instantaneous change in order to know that a change has occurred. Where you know a change is kind of you know can occur over a three year period here in York mm -hmm. County, you know, slowly, slowly getting to that change instead of you know one day you wake right. up and it you know be at a whole new boat. Well, and you even look at our board over the uh, twelve years I've been on there. I think the last couple election cycles we. Or the first couple times where we haven't had turnover mm -hmm. on our board. Uh, Pat Bradenkamp and I were first elected. We both beat 16-year incumbents, and then two years later, of our five-member board, there was three new ones. Two were defeated, and one didn't run again. So we had a pretty new board. Are you currently the longest tenured then on the board? Or so is... yeah, right now I am. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. How do you feel that influence? Do you feel like you have more influence? I mean, I don't want to say you're. You know, making all the decisions or anything like that. Oh, but how does how does known. your experience, you know, <laughs> maybe kind of help? You know, where maybe some of the other you know commissioners, you know, lack some of that kind of oh, experience. I, I like to tell them I reserve the right to say I told you so later because sometimes I get to. But no, we there's we work great together. We never I can't remember a time that any of us have current board members or others that I have served with have ever held a grudge about a vote someone took on, you know. A particular uh, subject matter we just you know we vote on whatever's in front of us and then we move on to the next one and I can't say I harbor any ill feelings towards anyone that's never seconded a motion or supported a motion that I've ever made on the board so and I'd say everyone's like that so it's been you know really rewarding from that aspect too I think the people should be aware that you know we're we're working together for and getting a getting along together and just for their benefit too you know it's been really good so. And then over the past 12 years, like what's maybe something, you know, maybe a moment, maybe a, you know, decision, something that you're most proud of over those, that, that 12 year period. Is there something that you can look back on, you know, when, when you do decide to put the book on or close the book on the county commissioner, you know, what's something that you'll look back on fondly that you can directly point to that maybe you had, you know, influence that? Oh. Boy, you know, I guess I don't even think about that stuff. You know, you, <laughs> you you do your work and then it's done and then you just kind of move on to the next thing. So I'm not, I don't get being hung up on, you know, legacies and all that kind of stuff. So I honestly, Derek, couldn't tell you if there's one thing that really stands out that, you know, made me really, you know, one thing that was a big project that made me proud or anything like that. So just probably, you know, just being able to kind of serve the people is probably, it seems like so. for you that, yeah. you know, that's kind of what you take out of yeah. it. Yeah. I know one, one fun thing that, um, that I was involved in was when we were uh, working on getting designated as livestock friendly mm -hmm. and gave me the opportunity to go visit all the village boards um, in York County, which I hadn't, I'd visited some of them and most of them in my district, but I hadn't gotten out to, to Lushton and Henderson and, Right. All those councils. So that was fun, just seeing how they operate and 
meet with them and just presenting the um, the facts of the program and why it'd be beneficial to everybody. And that's been a very yeah very beneficial. I mean, mm-hmm. it really helped you know with McLean Beef out at the interstate right. being uh, having that livestock friendly designation. Yep. So yeah, YCDC they were instrumental in getting that passed as well. So yeah, it, it takes a team around here. That's you right. Know, definitely, <laughs> nothing gets accomplished by ourselves. That's for sure. Um, and so. You've recently made the decision or have announced that you decided to run for county assessor. You know, what what led to that decision? Um, well, Senator Friesen, he's in his last year of his uh, second term, so he'll be term limited and can't run for the legislature again. Then um, this summer, our current assessor, Ann Charlton, she made the announcement that she wasn't going to seek re-election to her um, position as county assessor. So I kind of just looked at it and just thought, well, you know, if I'm gonna to have to find a new job anyways, working for a new senator or something. So, and York, you know, obviously York's a lot closer to Lincoln is, so mm-hmm. commutes better. And the assessment world, it's it's kind of always kind of interests me a little bit. Uh, we work with it a, um, somewhat to a certain degree on the county board as the board of equalization um, with protest, especially in the protest season in mm-hmm. the summer when folks want to protest the valuation of their properties. Um, so yeah, I think that's, and it's you know just another way to give back to. Um, the people of York County, so. No, and it seems like a a great time to run. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, um, it, it it's works just, out perfectly in your timeline. I mean, right. And you're not, um, you know, I'm of the opinion, you know, when I, you know, everybody probably has their own opinion as far as, you know, public office and things like that. You know, when I ran for school board here in the county, I only ran because it was an open, vacant seat. You know, I didn't want to, you know, force anyone out. I didn't want to, you know, feel like I was, you know, I can do it better than them or anything like that. I didn't want to have any of that. So, you know, yeah, with Ann coming out and you being able to kind of step in, you know, it's kind of a natural, or, or whoever decides to run for the, you know, else decides to run for the position. Right. It's kind of a, a natural transition instead of a, you know, forcing someone out, if you right. will. Right, right. And she's been a great resource. You know, she's been, you know, Need to, need to know anything she'd let me know there's been other county assessors across the state too that i've gotten to know over the years and my that's been on the county board that have been really helpful on um different things over the years so i've kind of been reaching out to them too for advice and how they do things in their office so it's you know it'll i'm looking forward to learning more i got a lot more to learn yet about <laughs> yeah. that assessor gig because uh you have to isn't there like a certification that you need to take in order bef- and you've have you, you've probably yes, completed yep, that. Yeah, yep, okay. you need to be certified to even file for even it. Even file, so I, okay. I took the exam in August and passed it back then. So and there'll be another opportunity here in February to take it. So And so what is the kind of, explain a little bit about the difference maybe, or explain, you know, what the role of a county assessor does. Maybe some people, you know, listening to the podcast may not be 100% aware of what that, or maybe sure. they are aware, but they might have some um, false information. So share a little bit about what sure. that role. Well, they, they, uh, one of their main goals is to assess value on property. Um, and it's not, um, I don't know, they have nothing to do with the tax levy. This county mm-hmm. assessor, the tax levy is set by governing boards, um, county boards, school boards, city councils, village boards. They, they assess the property or assess the value to the property. Um, sometimes with commercial property, depending on the size of it, you'll contract with a, uh, appraiser to do that for you just because they have the expertise. Most counties do that. Very few counties have the, uh, commercial appraisers within their office just because it just I, it's a whole new s- it is and you couldn't you can justify having that kind of um, that kind of payroll in your county mm-hmm. those that many people to have yeah exactly so so yeah there's it all gets you know 
value differently. Um, residential, ag lands, all market approach. You can use an income approach on um, on a commercial property. So there's, there's the assessment portion of it. There's also different uh, homestead exemptions. You file for those in the um, county assessor's office. Uh, property evaluation protests, you file for those in the assessor's office, but the, obviously the, or you file for those in the clerk's office rather, but the assessor is very uh, involved in that whole process as well. Um, and it's one of those things where if you have a question, you just pick up the phone and call. I've always found that Ann's been more than willing to visit with people get stuff figured out before you know it hits the fan just because it's easier on everybody get in front of it right you know? yep. right mm -hmm. that's that's really cool definitely um so we'll transition kind of into the rapid fire section these are little fun questions to kind of just kind of round out the interview here and so first have, one is a do i have certain amount of time i have to answer no in? no there's you, no like you ring a buzzer or anything no, like that <laughs> yep <laughs> nothing quite like that um so what's a, a favorite smell that you have something that maybe um either brings you back to you know memory or maybe something that um reminds you of a certain time of the year you know what's maybe oh, kind gosh, of a, like dinner's always good you know meatloaf <laughs> or something like just that. walking into the house yeah with a, a warm fresh smell of roast meal. going yeah that always smells good so <laughs> no that's good good and then uh, a favorite season that you have of yours uh, i like the fall it's starting to cool down um fruits of your labor in the garden they're all bountiful so good time of year Definitely. Hopefully the Huskers are doing well. <laughs> we can only hope, yeah, this, this next fall, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite way to spend a day off? If you get a day to either spend by yourself or a day to spend with a family, you know, what's, what are you doing? Oh, gosh, it probably ranges from pulling weeds out in the garden to running to town to go, you know, just doing what you need to do in town to <laughs> get in your goods. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't trying to think what I do on days off like I have a holiday next week I'll probably just do tying up loose ends around the home doing stuff so I don't yeah I don't have too many hobbies like to you know do some gardening in the summertime but outside of that I don't have a lot of not much of a um, golfer no. or no, you're never swing a club in my entire life. Not much of a reader life. or no, anything like not that. I'm not reader. much of a reader, any, so. um, Just yeah, and then you know your your children once you have kids they just kind of dominate your life and mm -hmm. making sure they're they cared for and they get from point A to point B and. Um, just hanging out with them, so that'll be a fun day. Yeah. Uh, what's a favorite restaurant you have in York County? I'm sure this is kind of hard to maybe pick one, but oh, we love Hunters. Friday nights is a family goes to Hunters Lounge, have dinner there. Um, haven't tried the new PKs or the oh yeah the revival, revival of yep. PKs up in Benedict. Want to get up there to go try that? But I'd say yeah, we we're we're usually. At Hunters, you'll find us Friday evening. Friday there. evenings there until yeah. yeah until the you know try to get in there in and out early before the kids turn into <laughs> <laughs> yep turn yep. into werewolves there <laughs> at seven o'clock. So, uh, what's a favorite memory you have here in York County? Something that maybe you look you know back on and you know growing up here. You know this has kind of been a trick question for anyone that's ever grown up here in York County. There's just so many memories mm -hmm. to kind of maybe choose from, but. You know, is there one that kind of maybe sticks out or a couple in your mind that maybe stick out? Gosh, probably I would say maybe going to school out at St. John Lutheran Church out there in the country. I've always hated school. My favorite day of the year, favorite days of the year were like birthday, Christmas, and last day of school. Never cared for school. <laughs> but looking back now, um, it was just, you know, it was just different. You know, it was, we were, lived about three miles from church and school there. Um there was four in that class, me, my twin brother, and two other girls. So, um, 
Yeah, just and it's you didn't have any concept of what was going on. You know, the eighties was a horrible time in the farming industry, but when you're kids you didn't have no, any concept no of that idea. stuff. Yeah. You just went to school and did what you did. So um fortunately unfortunately that school's not there anymore, just due to the times. But it was I would say going out to school at Saint John there was probably a because that was fun primary time. K through K through that six? was first through eighth grade. Oh, first through eighth? There. Yeah. yeah. Kindergartners went to St. Paul and Utica, which is where we go to yep. uh, church now. Um, so, And a very unique experience because, I mean, like you said, it's a closed school. So nobody's going to have, nobody probably ever is going to have that you know, same experience again. So it's kind of a legacy thing that you hold with yourself being able to kind of share, you know. Right. This and, is how it was. You know, this was the way schooling was used, used to be done. Right. And, you know, it was, we're all farm kids out there. So it wasn't, you know, you didn't get new kids that came to school there like you do at public schools, too. Yeah. You know, it's, it seems it's like not every, like next year you're going to have two new kids in your class that you don't right, know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it, just, it was just the, and the, the closeness, group of us. I imagine, you know, like you said, first through eighth, you know, those first graders and those fifth graders are going to know each other, you know, much greater and much greater depth than... You know, any other school, you know, oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah, like first, first, second, third grade, all were in the same classroom. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Clausen was our teacher there. Then fourth, fifth, and sixth, Mrs. Bunnett was our teacher. And uh, seventh and eighth grade, Mr. Dieter was the, he was our seventh grade teacher. Then eighth grade went to St. Paul and Utica. But, um, so was that about 10 to 12 kids per teacher then? Um, or maybe kids? about 12 to 15 tops. Yeah. yeah. So, and Mrs. Bunnett, she still lives here in town. Um, Mrs. Klassen, she still lives in Utica there, so yeah, they're still around here. That's so, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So this is kind of a fun one. You receive $6,000 free and clear to do whatever you want, vacation, education, toys. What do you What do you do with that? Go to the boats. <laughs> Go gambling a little bit? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Go spend some fun. Yeah, that sounds like a fun time. Um, I just recently went out to Vegas for the first time oh, yeah? this past year, and so interesting time to go to Vegas um, this past year. It was uh, they still had the outdoor mandate when I went out there. And so if you walk through certain places that were congested, if you will, you had to have a mask on oh, really? and everything like that. It was a very weird Vegas, especially for your first time going. <laughs> I've uh, never been there. So. Yeah, so it was it was very interesting. Uh, what's a favorite candy or candy bar that you have? Something if you're you know maybe standing in the checkout line that, uh, or at the gas station, yeah. Uh, grab for? Probably the... Uh... Almond Joys. Almond Joys. Yeah. What about it? Uh, that's what I'd get, man. That's just your yeah. go-to? Was it something you had as a kid or, you know? No, I just enjoy them. Yeah. Just the joy. Yeah, the just, yeah joy. I enjoy the Almond Joys, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a favorite county or local event, something you maybe look forward every year, whether it's um, the Waco Community Celebration or York Fest or um, Balloon Days, you know, what's something mm -hmm. that maybe you look forward to? Oh, the county fair is always fun. There's usually, you know always something going on there for anybody really there truly is there truly is i, yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of an undiscovered um gem there yet mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason but gosh there's just things for all all ages to take part in um and all the local ag society i mean the beef producers the pork producers oh, they yeah. all have their different right. uh, feeds so yeah those are those are good times out there yeah and just the, just to see the creativity of our local youth for the 4-H program and the home ec building just the things they the can the textiles like you said like your daughter yeah. loves i mean the amount of kids in this area they know how to sew a dress and mm -hmm. it's impressive you know in these days that you know someone still knows how to sew a dress right know? or so. building lamps out of obscure things they find in the attic <laughs> you know just stuff like that which is great for them to learn that yeah you know? yeah so but yeah and you just even just sitting back and just 
watching people. Yeah. You know, just having a good <laughs> you, time. You never and, know who you're going to run into out there. Exactly. Too, as exactly. Well. And it's just, you know, the whole, not just the community, the whole county comes together, you know, for mm-hmm. a couple of days out of the year and just kind of celebrate what everyone's doing here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So um, we're going to close out here with a couple other segments. Uh, this last one's called What's Making Us Happy. Uh, it's just kind of a fun segment for us to talk about um, the good that's going on. There's a lot of doom and gloom sometimes it seems like that mm-hmm. you know gets kind of mentioned out there. So um, let's talk about the good things. And so uh, this is the Tuesday after the, Nebraska, or the National Football Championship and Alabama lost. So I was very <laughs> excited to see Alabama lose and be on the losing end of something. Um, and then I was also excited to hear um, that the University of Nebraska hired a special teams coordinator, someone to full-time uh, t- teach our boys how to uh, cover a punt and uh, cover a kickoff and things like that, something that I think that we've been missing over the some, last some year. Some basic junior high level yeah, uh, yeah. things so to learn. Yeah, instead of having our linebackers coach do it you know, for a couple hours a week, you know, let's have someone do it full-time. So we're excited to uh, Bill Bush is going to be doing that. And so what's something maybe uh, happy going on in, in your world? Well, we got the daughter's report card back. That looked really good. So we were really pleased about that. Um, Taking her out to dinner or something for the report well, card or something? You know, <laughs> not put that in her head yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, something happy going on. February is big birthday time in our family. Wife and daughter both have birthdays in February. So that's something we always look Look forward to celebrating. So oh, yeah, so you have a busy month. Yeah, yeah. you're a yeah. fun month. Yeah, yep. coming up. Here. My wife's a Valentine Day. Oh, so yeah, you got double duty. <laughs> yeah. <then. laughs> uh, perfect. So thank you for your time today, Kurt. Uh, I appreciate you um, coming and joining me today and just kind of sharing about uh, what it is you do. And so I'll let you kind of close out the show, however you want, whether it's some final words, words of wisdom. If there's an event you want to plug or you know whatever you want to say, I'll let you kind of close mm-hmm. out. Uh, the show however you want well um i guess i'm not a person of a lot of words so uh, i just appreciate this opportunity i think this is a neat thing you guys are doing here and um looking forward to listening to what other folks have to say what's intriguing to them about your county and why they're here so appreciate it thanks kurt this is 17 county a new podcast brought to you by the york county development corporation in nebraska For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.